At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. You like the Just Baseball show and want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never seen before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. April 16th is, what, six days prior to Earth Day, which is a very important day, right? (laughs) I was about to say, I have no idea when Earth Day is. You could have told me Earth Day was December 31st, and I would agree with you. No, that's New Year's Eve. Uh, It's also also the day that our podcast is coming out. We're a mixed bag right now on the Project the Plate podcast. I'm like 80-20 really happy with how my baseball circle is going. Like 80% very happy that Carlos Rodon just threw a no-hitter. And I got to watch pitching porn uh, with Giolito and Shane Bieber. That was stupid. 20% of me is really pissed off that the Cubs can't hit. So like half of the local baseball, honestly, like 60% of the local baseball is just MFing their team right now. That's where I'm at. I think you're 80-20 negative. I'm like 90-10. (laughs) And it would be a hundred if it weren't for Pete's picks actually doing pretty well. You know, we're 22 and 19, which isn't perfect, but it's above average. Yeah. We're talking about 50% and we're doing those picks every single day on TikTok, and we're going to do them every single day of the season. So it's going to be cool to see my record. If it's like 250 and 200, you know, we're looking at some positive bets, but the 90%. Yeah. The 90% is the New York Yankees, my favorite team. And we cover MLB as a whole. You were talking about the White Sox, talking about the Cubs. You're from Chicago. You know, I've been a Yankee fan my whole life. But we're going to talk about the Yankees later, and I'm just going to go off because this isn't a real team. This isn't a real lineup. The 
as construct, you know what, we'll, we'll pause until next continue. Yeah. Uh, we've actually got a pretty cut and dry set of six that we're going with. We're going with three surprises or, you know, pleasant showings in the early goings of this season. We're going with three disappointments. A disappointment is also an unpleasant showing. So three surprises, three disappointments from the first two weeks of the season, each of us will have three of each. So six total, but first Peter, you heard something this week. This is my favorite segment. We're getting into (laughs) something I heard. Jack, aliens exist. Aliens exist. It is not, oh, maybe aliens exist. Maybe we've seen them. You know, aliens exist, and it's only telling when we're going to find out more information. So I want to read you something. Sightings of unidentified objects in 2020 nearly doubled in New York from the previous year to about 300, according to data compiled by the National UFO Reporting Center. Because people are bored as hell. They're making this up. They also rose by about 1,000 nationwide to more than 7,200 sightings this year. What were you going to say? People are making this up. They're bored. They're seeing things. Yes, that that is a very real possibility. And this is from what I found in a New York Times article and also on a USA Today as well. They they talk more about it. And yeah, it's definitely risen because people are inside and people are looking at the stars for the first time in in years. It's like, oh, damn, those are real. (laughs) But I knew you were going to say that two point three trillion dollar package signed by former President Trump late last year includes a provision that the Secretary of Defense and the Director of National Intelligence collaborate on a UFO report and release it to the public. Yeah, didn't they call it the Space Force? No, that's not exactly what it is. It's There are more and more reports coming out, and let me break into more. The Pentagon. You know the Pentagon? Oh, yeah. The big one yeah. in Washington? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not preparing the shape, a report. The building. It's preparing a report due in June that they will detail these new UFO sightings and why they are so difficult to explain. Aliens are real. <laughs> okay. I pre-COVID when I had a uh, when I had a night to remember, I would come home and I would watch Planet Earth. I feel like when you have a night to remember, you come home and you you dive deep into the aliens and dive into things like that. Why is why does it interest me so much that there are extraterrestrials out there? And I, I'm I'm also watching all these conspiracy videos about how there are multiple groups of alien life forms controlling the planet. That's the kind of stuff I get into when the Dodger game ends late at night and I'm just laying in bed and finished all my condensed right. highlights and and then I get into alien <laughs> conspiracy videos. Cali boy on the East Coast stays up to watch Dodger baseball. And that's peak scary hours when the Dodgers yeah. finish up. Nothing uh, good happens after <laughs> 1 a.m. in your bed. You want to start with the good news or the bad news? Let's start with the good news. Okay. And then just end okay. the podcast, send people into a weekend on a sour note. I get it, man. All right. Let's start with the surprises. E- each of us have three surprises from the first two weeks of the season. You get us going. My first surprise is Byron Buxton. Yeah, He is currently hitting 469 with five bombs. And this is a guy who's dealt with various injuries over the year, but he has every single tool in the belt. And he was also the number one prospect two years running. But the thing with Buxton, it's all an approach thing, right? He has all the talent. He hit 219 off breaking balls 
from 2015 to 2019. And the image of him chasing sliders out of the box, I'm sure, reigns supreme with Twins fans. But in 2020, he started to put it together a little bit. He hit 356 off breaking balls, and he actually had seven home runs in, in just that shortened season. Yeah. But he's still only hitting 186 off fastballs last year. Fast forward to 2021. Yes, small sample size. I get it. But he's starting to put all the pieces together. He's hitting over almost 700 on fastballs so far, over 300 on off-speed pitches, and he's in the 98th percentile or above in all of these hard hit rate stats. We know about his speed, but he's in the 99th percentile of sprint speed. He's one of the best defenders in the outfield. This is a guy who, if he puts it all together, is a top five, top 10 level player in baseball. And it's just so great to see him thriving in Minnesota this year. It's great. Byron Buxton putting it all together this year feels very similar to what we saw on Wednesday night with Carlos Rodon, a guy that is just uber talented. And you know that if the health is there and the mindset is there and the approach is there, they are an all world talent. Carlos Rodon with a high nineties fastball, crazy slider. And he now adds a breaking ball and the changeup is good. That's the deal with Byron Buxton too. He had every skill you could possibly have on a baseball diamond. And it always just kind of felt like the approach was slightly off. And it was getting better and better and better. And you thought, if he ever figures this out. It went from when he figures this out, he's going to be dynamite, to, man, if he ever figures this out, he might be close to as advertised. He's figuring it out, and he is as advertised when he was the number one prospect in baseball. Right. It's just like I was saying, it's, it's a, all a bunch of different puzzle pieces with Buxton. Yeah. And it's about staying healthy, obviously. But once he's healthy, if he can start to hit all the fastballs, then hit the breaking balls and keep playing good defense and keep running around the bases, he's turning into what we all thought he could be a Mike Trout level type talent. This guy is for real. My brother is going to college this fall. And he wanted a new baseball glove because he hasn't played organized baseball since he was like 10, but he's always loved playing catch with me. And he asked me when we were playing catch yesterday, do you miss baseball? And I said, I miss when I was pitching well. I don't miss being frustrated as hell. But I miss when you're you're on the mound and you feel loose and athletic and you say nobody's hitting the ball hard. And that's that's exactly... We were talking about this before the show, what run Rodon looked like on the mound yeah. in another zone. That you, is what I miss about baseball, just that zone. Right, and you can equate this to Buxton as a hitter. You miss being able to read the ball come out of a pitcher's hand. Yeah. You miss being able to put wood on anything and make very solid contact with a pitcher's best pitch. That's yeah. what you miss about baseball, and that's what Byron Buxton is doing now. Another guy that is very similar to Byron Buxton, where he has every skill on planet Earth when it comes to baseball, and now the approach is just getting better and better. My first surprise of the season is Ronald Acuna Jr. is making his pitch to be the best player on the planet. Oh, my God. It's an impossible task when Mike Trout is still fifth in baseball and OPS to this point through two weeks of the season. Like, Trout is the man. But Acuna is number one in OPS, number one in slugging, number one in home runs, number one in hits, and he's top three in stolen bases. 
Here's my thing about the best player slash pitcher on the planet argument. Number one in each category stays the same for a long time. Trout and DeGrom. But two through five are always so volatile. For hitters, is it Soto? Is it Mookie? Is it Tatis? It's Ronald Acuna at the moment. For pitchers, is it Cole? Is it Bauer? It's Shane Bieber at the moment. So as of right now, as we're speaking today on Friday, April 16th, Ronald Acuna Jr. is the second best baseball player on the planet, only behind Mike Trout. Next 10 years, would you rather have Soto or Acuna? Soto. There you go. But those it's two are the two. Just hit. Those two are the two. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be their league forever. And when yeah. Tatis comes back from injury, I still need to see Tatis play fully healthy for him to be considered in that conversation. Absolutely. I know before the season including myself everybody was saying that he's already a top five top 10 player in baseball and it was obvious by the talent but if he continues to get injured he cannot be put in that same breath as a Soto and Acuna he just can't yet not yet not yet and Acuna has made the Soto versus Acuna argument for the next 10 years so much more compelling in the first two weeks of the season my second surprise we'll kind of go serpentine here let's do it my second surprise is that there are two heavy hitter team-wise in the National League Central not named the Cubs that are contending for this wildcard spot. The Reds lead the division and are third in baseball in team OPS, and they lead baseball in runs scored coming into Thursday. And then the Milwaukee Brewers are the only team in baseball with a starter's ERA under two. They lead baseball by over half a run at 1.76 as a starter's ERA. Corbin Burns looks like Denton True Young. Brandon <laughs> Woodruff is sick. And it, this show might become the Freddie Peralta, Peralta truther pod if he keeps Seriously. bringing this up. Seriously, Freddie Peralta looks insane. <laughs> insane. That brings me to my second surprise. A player you just mentioned that I have to talk about because I've been betting on the Brewers when Corbin Burns so is So good. And it's been going real well. He's becoming an ace right before our eyes. In 18 innings this year, he has 30 strikeouts, zero walks. He's becoming an all-star, not just an you ace. And I ha- you and I have the same amount of walks this year as Corbin Burns. And I think, I, think we have well. to look, I think we have to look at the pitches, right? His pitch repertoire, it starts with the cutter. He's now using it 50% of the time. Last year, he was throwing it 31% of the time at around 93 miles an hour. Still a good pitch. He had a really good year last year. Yeah. Now it's averaging 96. He's thrown it 127 times so far this season. Two hits. Two hits and 127 times. And it's becoming, not only is he throwing it 50% of the time, it's becoming his best put-away pitch. Of his 30 strikeouts, 15 of them are on the cutter. And he throws six pitches. And guess what? Pitch is the least used out of six pitches. Is it his four-seam fastball? His four-seam fastball. This is how nasty this guy is. Ugh. He reminds me, I mean, the pitch repertoire, if you look at if you look at StatCast, if you look at Baseball Zavon, if you look at Fangraphs, all these different sites, it's very similar to you, Darvish. In the, in, in the amount of pitches he can throw for strikes, and also another thing that I wanted to touch on, he had a two-RBI base hit. In his first yeah. at bat in the majors, on top of it with the bases loaded. And I think that points to the fact that, yes, I have been a big component of the universal DH. I think it provides more jobs 
in the major leagues. I think it provides more excitement in general. And I think it lessens the pitchers getting injured, running the bases and running 10 miles an hour with a jacket on. Probably my least favorite part of baseball is watching that. I don't know, man. That's one of my favorite parts. The poofy jackets. I I just don't like it. I I love the poofy jackets. But this is an interesting thing. The Atlantic League is trying the double hook rule in place of the DH. I just read this on The Athletic. So what the rule is, is that each team will start with a DH. So it's basically a universal DH. But then once the starting pitcher is pulled, so let's say the starter goes six innings, pulled after the six, you then lose the DH eligibility in your lineup. So not only is it creating more strategy right within the game of every team gets to start with DH, so those jobs are still there. And then once a starter gets pulled, then the managerial decisions start becoming in play. Who are you going to pull out the bullpen? Who are you going to hit for the pitcher? And so it's almost combining the two things that we love. You'll still be able to see pitchers hit possibly at the end of the game. I think it's a very interesting rule, and I really like it a lot. I hope it goes well there. I really like it too. There are some others that I don't like as much. Uh, yeah. Moving a mound back by a foot but um, is stupid. But yeah, yeah, I do really like that rule because you do like the aspect of the National League where you have that strategy. And you need to utilize your bench. And nobody really has a true off day unless your manager tells you, we are not using you in the bottom of the 12th inning if we're still tied. We're not going to. And I don't like that aspect. I love each rotation through that you have to make a decision. Are you leaving this guy out there? What am I going to do strategically with my arms? It's great. What's your third surprise? My third surprise is the catcher for the Dodgers, Will Smith. Will Smith, I'm ready to say, is the second best catcher in baseball. I'm here for that. And he's becoming, he might already be the best offensive catcher in baseball. Since he came into the league, he has a 950 OPS. He is crushing balls. He's hit a home run in 25% of his games so far. And that's a fancy way of saying he has two home runs in eight games. Yes. He currently has a higher walk rate than he does a K rate, which is, I always love. I like guys who walk more than they strike yes. down. That's a big improvement, especially in Will Smith's game. And I also, you know what I also like? I like guys who hit the ball consistently hard, make loud outs. We like to call it. Yeah. He's in the top 90th percentile in most of the hard hit stats, you know, like barrel percentage, average exit velocity, stuff like that. So he's hitting the absolute piss out of the ball. And he's finally getting better defensively, right? This season so far, out of 53 catchers eligible, he's ranked 15th in pitch framing, which is not, it's good. It's above average. But last year, this is where I see the improvement. Last year, dead last. Out of 63 eligible catchers, dead last in pitch framing metrics. Austin Barnes, very valuable backup, but... He's played six of their 14 total games, and Will Smith has played eight. Let the kid develop on defense, please. He is a star in waiting. Might already be a star. I I am here for that take. I am super underwhelmed because you could make the argument that catchers two and three in baseball coming into this season are in Chicago. Wilson Contreras, yes, Monty Grandal. Only behind JT Real Muto, who I I think is – undisputably the best catcher in baseball. J.T. Romuto is maybe the best hitter. He's one of the best offensive catchers. He's the best pitch framer. He has the best pop time. He's one of the best blockers. 
and he's also the fastest. He's better at which everything. Which, of course, he is. Yeah, he's the best at everything, catcher-wise. Yeah. Wilson Contreras, I will still give the benefit of the doubt. I'll say Will Smith is behind Wilson Contreras, but Yasmani Grandal is hitting like 150 to start the year. I I don't know. Like He can't be the third best catcher in baseball when you hit 150 to start the year. That's just not how that works. And he didn't catch the no-hitter. Zach Collins did. My third surprise, the Padres and the Blue Jays bullpens are yeah. two and three in bullpen ERA, only behind the Yankees. New York spends money on their bullpen. The Padres took chances on both Keone Kella and Mark Melanson. Drew Pomerantz has been excellent. And Tim Hill has been dynamite. Yep. Those four combined to make under $12 million, $8 million of which is going to Drew Pomerantz. Damn and then you, Toronto, what? Damn you, AJ Preller. You're I know. So good. Damn you, AJ Preller. And then Toronto and Ross Atkins are doing the same thing. And no one in that pen makes over $2 million. Not one person in that bullpen makes over $2 million. Talk about this balling is, on a budget. And this is the Julian Merriweather is Nolan Ryan podcast. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes. Freddie Peralta and Julian Merriweather are our two uh, kind of like trophy pieces. Now the bad news. I think you're probably leading with the Yankees, but I will I'll soften the blow. I'll let you kind of get your get your cool head in order or cooler head in order. Hey, don't hey, give it away. No, sorry. I'll, I'll take it first. <laughs> I think personally this list could start and stop in the National League with the Chicago Cubs. Mm-hmm. They're hitting 163 as a team. Coming into third enough. No, <laughs> nowhere near good enough. Coming into Thursday's games, that's 32 points lower than the second worst hitting team in baseball. And that team just got no hit on Wednesday night. Javi Baez has struck out a major league leading 21 times coming into Thursday's slate. He has walked once. Jock Peterson is four for 37. <laughs> this, and the set i'm not done and the second base tandem of david bodie and eric sogard are a combined six for 50 in 2018 this lineup on paper is the kind of lineup that forces DraftKings to set a win total above 100 games what a fall from grace this has been i i feel bad for you because I'm about to go off on the Yankees, and the Yankees are in a much better position than the Cubs. It's insane what's going on. Before I go into the Yankees, can you? What have you seen from Javi Baez? Because he always has intrigued me as a player just because he's so good defensively and he's so exciting to watch. And he's one of those guys you root for, right? And yet he can't hit at all this year. So. What Javi was becoming was exactly what Fernando Tatis has become quicker. And that is the face of baseball. And that is um, a guy that is so fun to watch. And he's the new school that can convince the older guys that like the fundamentals, hey, this flash can be good at points. Because Javi Baez gains outs for the Cubs with his flash, with his flair. The problem with Javi Baez has always been his approach at the plate and dealing with breaking pitches from right-handers low and away. The slider low and away has been Javi Baez's kryptonite ever since he came up. And Joe Madden tried to hammer it into his head. Hey, man, you got to figure this shit out. Yeah. 
And for a little bit, he did. And he was a top five MVP vote getter. He was incredible. He was incredible. He was a top 10 player in baseball. He was. And then all of a sudden, he just decided to revert back to this awful habit. And he can't hit a breaking ball. And he chases breaking balls out of the zone. I just, I, I don't know. I don't know what the plan is. Resign Rizzo, obviously. You choose Bryant or Baez. I don't know if you're going to have the money to pay Bryant if he's the only one keeping this team somewhat close to water. Chris Bryant has played really well so far. And if he plays well, that's $150 million that you don't have. Yeah, that's the thing. Mm -hmm. So let's get into my team, the New York Yankees. My whole disappointment is the entire organization. (laughs) They can't hit. They're hitting 231 as a team, which puts them 16th among AL teams, among all teams. And excuse me for being a Yankee fan and freaking out that they may be 16th. And that may not seem that bad if you're a fan of the Tigers, you're a fan of the Rockies, you're a fan of the Pirates. But as a Yankee fan, when you're told that this is the greatest lineup ever to hit the field, and then they're, and then not, not only they're hitting 229 with runners in scoring position, which is in the bottom 10 in the league. They're completely right-handed dominant. Their lineup as constructed will not win a division. It's so right-handed dominant. And then the few lefties that come up, the Jay Bruce experiment is going <laughs> terribly. They And this is maybe my biggest gripe with the Yankees so far this year is the Jay Bruce shift. There's four outfielders and there's three people on the right side of the infield. And he won't bunt it over to get a double when he cannot hit the ball. Even when he pulls the ball, it still would have been a regular ground ball to second. So can you just bunt him over, please? They can't hit. They can't pitch either. They have a 3.33 ERA as a team, which puts them at 10th of baseball. Sounds great, right? But the stats aren't very telling. Garrett Cole has a 1.47 ERA, and the rest of the rotation has not been good at all. You got Kluber, you got Tyon, you got Herman, you got Montgomery. You have these guys that it's the fourth inning and they've given up four or five runs every single start and we cannot win. And it's like these first innings, they get blown up and then we just lose all momentum and we lose. They cannot play defense. As a team, they're ranked 25th in defensive war. 13 teams have five or less errors this season. Glaber and Gary Sanchez have five together. This team will not go far in the postseason if we do not make a move for a lefty, if we do not add to the starting rotation. And you're looking at me, and I'm serious, Jack. This is, it hurts my brain, dude. So uh, during this public health crisis, I developed this need. (laughs) I I love this uh, new drink into my life. It's called bourbon, and I think you need some. (laughs) No, I'm not doing that. I just want to watch the Yankees win. Am I that annoying fan? Or am I like, yeah. is my analysis correct? The analysis is spot on. Yeah, the analysis is good. I Am I, I freaking think... out too early though? No, I don't think you're freaking out too early. I just, um, you know, I want to play the world's smallest violin for you <laughs> because, you know, all you hear is 27 rings, 27 rings. But see, I'm not that guy. We haven't won a world. I'm 23 years old. We haven't won a world series since 2009. I've oh. seen. Yeah. We won in 90, 97, 98 in the, in the early nineties. I wasn't alive. I was alive, but I was like two. I remember laying on my dad's 
chest. He, he has this memory of watching the 98 World Series. And that was my first, you know, instance into baseball. My, watching it as a little boy, watching Derek Jeter and the 98 Yankees win 116 games. And this team, this team would lose nine games out of 10 to that 98 team. Correct. This team as constructed is not going to go far in the playoffs. They're too right-handed dominant. It's just not going to work. It's not going to work. What's more first world than a first world problem? Yeah. Is this a zeroth world problem? I'll keep it in New York. I We got to get off the Yankees right now. The Mets offense is, eh, I, I don't, I don't have a word for it. Eh. Brandon Nimmo is annihilating the baseball right now. Annihilating. But Alonzo has been sluggish. Lindor has been sluggish. Conforto has to jab his elbow into the strike zone to get on base. <laughs> it just sucks because Stroman, Taiwan, and DeGoat have been lights out. Lights out. Syndergaard is looking at a return at some point in June. Let's just hope for that fan base's sake, who has had a much tougher go than you sad sap Yankees fan base. Let's hope for that fan base's sake that, that the offense isn't whatever they are right now by June when Syndergaard comes back. And I have to, my second disappointment is very tied into that. And yeah, it's probably a little mainstream, but we have to talk about how the Mets cannot hit when Jacob deGrom is pitching. Yeah, it sucks. It's, it's the biggest, it's the biggest, craziest thing in sports. They're sub 500 in Jacob deGrom start since the start of 2018. They're 36 and 42 since 2018. And in those starts, deGrom has a 2.06 ERA. They're an under 500 team. They're, they're, they're the Cleveland Indians of this year if DeGrom pitched every single start. He's throwing the fastest he's ever thrown. He's sitting 100 miles an hour, touching 102. He looks like the best pitcher I've ever seen in my life. And he's allowed a singular run, a singular run in 14 innings, and he has 21 strikeouts. And he's 0-1 with one no decision. The bullpen... Doesn't help him out. He never gets run support. The defense makes mistakes when he's pitching. Is it a mental? Th- it has to be a mental thing at this point. It has to be, we know DeGrom is pitching, so we're going to press, and then they don't hit as well. Or is it just one big coincidence? Because 36 and 42 with the best pitcher of our generation, I think it's fair to say that, that he's the best pitcher yeah. of our generation. I, I mean, the Kershaw. Roy Halladay's of the world, Kershaw, Kershaw. Kershaw's a pretty good one. Yeah. I'd say Kershaw and then DeGrom. Yeah, it's probably Kershaw. The question is, though, so Kershaw won, right? Here yeah. here it goes back to best pitcher on the planet, that that yeah. whole conversation. Kershaw's one, who's two? Is it Scherzer or is it DeGrom? And we can have an entire podcast episode about this. We could. Yeah, I, I feel like it's not coincidence. This is also the type of situation that if I was Jacob DeGrom, I would be you know, crawling into bed after a start where I go eight innings, allow one run and they lose in 11 innings. And I'd say, Oh my God, I hate baseball. <laughs> Baseball's the and, worst. And if you're DeGrom, you don't want to get traded from the Mets. You don't want to leave the Mets, especially not right now. No, you're just hoping that it works out. So he's just going to keep pitching it, 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 with him. It's probably, I'm just going to do exactly me and they're going to hit or they're not. I'm still the best pitcher. Everyone thinks I'm the best pitcher. Yeah. I'm Jacob DeGrom. Listen, I get the sympathy card. <laughs> like, I'm good. Yeah, yeah uh, he does. My final disappointment, it, it has been such a tough go for this Rays pitching staff. Yeah. I feel so bad for Tyler Glasnow. Not as bad as I feel for DeGrom, but I feel really bad for Tyler Glasnow. Tyler has started three games this year. 
He has allowed one run and struck out 29. He's walked three. Problem with Glass now has always been he's just a bit erratic. He's a bit too erratic. 29 Ks, three free passes in 19 and two-thirds innings pitched. That's Cy Young stuff. So the ace is kicking ass. The two and three, <laughs> Rich Hill has an ERA over seven. Oh, God, Rich Hill. Ryan Yarborough has an ERA <laughs> at six and a half. And no other starter has logged more than five innings. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. They're just a bunch of openers in Tyler Glasnow. But Tyler Glasnow is becoming DeGrom-esque. You're right. I may say. He's throwing 100. He has this new slider that's unhittable. Crazy. And then he has his, what is it? His changeup? I can't believe I'm getting his, yeah, it's changeup. His changeup's good. His curveball's also great, too. He's becoming DeGrom-esque. He looks unbelievable but i do like watching the rays lose they are my least favorite team in baseball i mean it, the red Sox. i'm not the biggest fan of um but i do like all of i like a lot of the red Sox hitters like uh, in, individually yeah but there's nothing to like about the Rays. my third disappointment i was expecting a big year out of dansby swanson this year he hit 274 last year with 10 home runs and was playing really good defense at short. I felt like this was kind of the coming out party. 2021, Dansby Swanson, Braves were going to be good. He was finally going to break out. He broke out last year, but it was a small sample size, and I thought he was going to kind of take it into this year. Not so much. Not so much. He's hitting 156 and slugging below 300. He's striking out 36% of the time, so he's striking out over one out of every three at-bats, even more than that. And he's walking below 5% too. He's And also with his approach, he's a guy who slaps the ball like all over the ballpark. Um, I mean, his pull rate, you know, center, opposite field. They're, they're normally in the 30s, which means, you know, he's spraying the ball over the field. This year, 46% pull rate. He's, he's trying to pull everything. He's trying to hit home runs. It's not working. And what's also concerning is he was, he's been really good off, off speed, right? Because he's a good hitter. He has, a, he has a good approach. He's good off off speed. This year, He's hitting 100. Like his batting average is 100. Last year, it was 330. So, what are you going to say? So, you say, you say trying to pull everything. I say he's rolling over everything. That, that's what's happening right now. He, his timing is just not good yeah. at all. Um, and, and that has to do with his average against off speed pitches. Like, it, it, it's really hard to do anything against non fastballs when you're struggling timing wise with a fastball. Like, what are you going to do? I think, and this is why we record because I recently, probably five minutes ago, got an alert that Dansby Swanson just hit a walk-off hit, and he went three for four today. Yeah. So maybe scrap everything I'm saying, but what I what I was saying when I was watching these Braves games, I just really didn't like his approach. I thought his swing was long, and hence the rolling over. Where's the Dansby Swanson that I was expecting? Where's the Dansby Swanson hitting the ball all over the ballpark? You don't need to hit home runs. No one's expecting you to hit 30 home runs. Yeah. We were expecting you to hit 280, 290, you know, hit 10 to 15 and play really good defense and be a leader out there. He's still a leader out there, but all those other stats may never happen. All right, brother, man. It's Friday. I'm getting my second dose today. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. I really, really want my second dose of Moderna. But as we said, Moderna takes a little bit longer because it's just a little bit juicier. It's a little bit better. I don't know about that. I mean, Pfizer's <laughs> I efficiency, either. great. Did you hear the Johnson & Johnson stuff? Yeah, of course. 
what is it giving people heart palpitations? What happened? No, no, no. Blood clots. Um, Blood clots. Of, of the 7 million people that um, Johnson & Johnson has been administered to in the United States, six people have complained of blood clots. Um, wow. So it's way blown out of proportion. Yeah, six. I think people are just slamming the panic button um, when there's really not much to slam the panic button about. So if you're listening to this, go get vaxxed. Uh, once the or government- don't. Or don't. If you don't want to, just don't. I don't like. We don't care. I. You know what? If you don't like, we yeah. probably won't be seeing you at Yankee Stadium or yeah. We're gonna field. get vaxxed and we're gonna enjoy the time of our lives. That if you don't want to get vaxxed, don't get vaxxed. And that's not even a political take. Don't get vaxxed if you don't want to. Don't get vaxxed. I happen. just. I just won't be interacting with you. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, all right, that's Peter. I'm Jack. Another good episode. Good weekend, man. Thanks. Bro. Cue the music. Enjoy your vax. All right, talk to you soon, guys. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.